This is Political Junkies with Brian Howie and London Thomas. Hi again, everyone. It's Brian Howie. Welcome to Political Junkies, the podcast for those hooked on politics. Joining me today, once again, as always, and as preferred, global traveler, fighting out of Atlanta. Voice of reason sometimes. I try. <laughs> Even when he's wrong, he's right. London Thomas, how are you? Great, bro. Good to see you, Brian. And in studio, joining us, properly distant, she's at least 18 <laughs> inches away from me. Uh, she's a Las Vegas legendary nightlife queen, proud mom, Sin City party royalty. Common sense advocate Kalika Moquin, how are you? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Thank you for having me today. And we might have, uh, are we having Tito Ortiz jumping in at a moment's notice on the uh, Political Junkies satellite network? Uh, so uh, he might be jumping in shortly. I believe he is. I trust That's that be he fun. is. Uh, so I'm going to save something for him when we want to get into. But one thing I want to talk about quickly off the top, because I feel very strongly about it, her, is Melania Trump. So this has been a big week for Melania, good and bad. Uh, as of the time we're, we're taping this, she um, gave a speech at the uh, Republican convention, took a lot of crap for it. There's a lot of reasons why she takes a lot of crap, but I want to go back a couple days ago when she announced a renovation of the Rose Garden. Now, the Rose Garden was something that was initially um, designed uh, by Jackie Kennedy back in 1962. And this thing, if you have ever been to the White House, have you ever been to the White House? No. I mean, near the White House? Okay. No. If the White House was a piece of real estate, it would be a teardown. It is an absolute dump, okay? <laughs> there are literally, if you're in the White House, rats running around. Oh, and wow. I'm talking about literal rats, whatever your political affiliation. Yeah, I can um, It just needs a lot of work. They spray paint, it looks good on TV, but it needs a full renovation. So Melania took it on herself to renovate uh, the Rose Garden. So she hired two top uh, landscape architects to help her out. Um, she got rid of a lot of bug infested uh, bushes and trees and all this kind of stuff. And the hate that Melania got for why for doing this. Why? I think you know why, but I I I'm talking about... So if people don't like Melania Trump because they don't like her husband, right. or you think her husband sucks... Well, I think this level of girl-on-girl -girl crime, I think, first of all, start with your friend circle, maybe move up to Hillary Clinton, <laughs> and then take your shots at Melania. Like, Melania did not sign up for this. So yeah. I can't tell you the amount of women that all of us know who married shitheads, whatever you think of it. So the fact that she has to deal with the hate when she's trying to spruce it up, at one point on the Rose Garden, so, so all of the media ran these side-by-side -side pictures of beautiful rose bushes and sort of this boring um, new version of the rose garden that they did. Well, the pictures that they ran on the left were April of 2008 when roses are fully in bloom. These The new pictures were run from August yeah. right now when roses will not be in bloom for another eight months. So, so it looks crappy. It's, it looks crappy. It's a dishonest narrative. Mm -hmm. It's a dishonest story. But the level of hate... So uh, I'm glad to have a woman in here today. Mm -hmm. Why do you think women look for reasons to to tear other women down uh, and especially on political things yeah. now, if you don't agree with me politically this girl on girl crime i think is so dangerous yeah. no i mean i'll definitely talk about it i think it really starts at a very young age um you know it starts in, in middle school and uh you know girls bully and they get a high off of it and um they do it because you know they're insecure and then it 
gun goes into college and girls join sororities and it's like the same kind of high school drama bullshit i don't mm. relate we let us swear on this podcast fuck yeah okay all right <laughs> and uh you know they, they just don't ever get out of that mindset and then they get married and then it goes into like mom clicks like the mom clicks are like the worst like they literally will like tear down like moms that don't breastfeed because you're supposed to breastfeed and, and you'll find any little reason to pick a mom apart that they feel like is doing a different job parenting than them to make themselves feel better about being a better parent. Wow. So it's 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 horrible and I'm I'm a mom, so I'm part of these groups and I'm just like, okay, I really can't with these women anymore. Childish, but right? It's so childish. I, it, but it, it, they just will find anything they can latch onto to project that. It, it to project ha, it's, that hatred. It starts at when like you said, middle school, twelve yeah. or thirteen are you going to wear that? Are you going to yes, eat that? Yes. Is he going to call mm -hmm. you? Blah, blah. And this insecurity, this neurosis gets into the women. Now, I'm mm -hmm. not letting the men off the hook because they will prey on that down yeah. the road, but they didn't cause a lot of it. No. Yeah. And so at that level, I'm like, even if you don't like her husband or even if you don't agree with her politically, she married a, at that time, he was in his 50s. He was a successful guy in New York by any reasonable standard. He was certainly an eligible bachelor. Mm -hmm. She was 35 years old, which is not the easiest age for yeah. even the most attractive woman to land a guy, especially when she wanted to be a mom. She's an immigrant. She grew up poor. There's right. a lot to like about her story, even if you don't like it. And the, I hate her. She's stupid. When she gives the, the you know, Bette Midler tweeting so out, ridiculous. she doesn't even speak English. It's like, so you know, is and and just, how could you like, it's all trash about speaking English, but then you're so pro immigrant. You're, I know you're like, so pro immigrant, but, but when it, like, that's so how a lot of it got exposed politically. This whole Melania thing was rooted in a lot of stuff that goes deep. Well, that's what I, Brian, I think that it has a lot to do with, like, in Melania's case, at least, politically. It's like, if you disagree with anything that Trump does, mm -hmm. no matter what he does, who he's uh -huh. associated with, they go down with him. Uh -huh. So it's, it, it, it lies outside of reason because yeah. it's not even reasonable. You would think women would look at another woman who's empowering right. and for inspiration, but instead they tear her down, not because they don't like what she's doing. I think it has a lot to do with either jealousy, envy, and, then at same time, and on the same time, they hate her husband. Well, yeah. And if you're pretty, you must be dumb. That's another thing. Because I can't thing. handle she you is being gorgeous. both Sorry. pretty yeah, yeah. and smart. She's, she's gorgeous. Kaylee McEnany, she's fucking badass. Yes. No matter what she is, she's good, she's blonde, she's pretty. She also went to Harvard Law School, okay? Yeah. So they're like, Trump just hired her because he's pretty. He has a long so track record of hiring not pretty women, yeah. very pretty women. He does women. want the job. He women. women. Yeah. You, you don't have to like Kellyanne, Con Kellyanne Conway. She's about to leave her position. Right. Every country, every company in America would hire her to be an advocate 100%. for her. Go on on down the line. Hope Hicks, Ivanka, the amount of crap that Ivanka takes because she's loyal to her father. Her company you know, got hit, didn't her? I think she had a fashion line. I mean, everything. So you can think people are like, nepotism, what are her qualifications to be in the White House and working? Well, what were Hillary Clinton's qualifications back then? Right. She was just the wife of the governor, and she used to be a lawyer. Yeah. And he handed her health care. Mm -hmm. Okay? So if he's handing... So, again, I'm not defending Trump. I'm more against... The you don't have to love Melania, and you certainly don't have to love Trump. But the fact that you hate her, when all she did was her husband got a job that she certainly didn't want to mm -hmm. have any part of, is uh, I've always been fascinated by the girl on girl crime. Yeah. And, you know. Well, I think I mean I just know just personally speaking, when I've gone through hard times in my life, like let's say um, whether it has to do with um, an ex boyfriend or you know whatever it is, I kind of project that 
hate. <laughs> I find things to, t to hold on to. Like I used to be really, really anti-Trump. And I used to just, I would look at some of my posts now and I like, I cringe. So I'm like, oh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, you know, but I feel like it was more came from a place where I just needed to like get that anger out. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to attach it to this person that I don't he like. He has become a punching bag yeah, for and, a lot of people. And like I think that's kind of He's a, a lot, symbol, Melania but too. he's, yeah. you know, people are like, he's, you know, Trump, a lot of people want to throw a rock through a window back in 2016. Trump was the rock, right. okay? People are like, I don't care who he is. He, he got lucky. He hit a moment in time. There was a lot of reaction. People now are so angry that we cannot have proper dialogue about yeah. anything. Anything. Mm -hmm. it, you know, when people go on dates now, you, you might have been, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you might have been married to somebody for two years before you said, hey, how do you vote? Like, it just didn't come yeah. up that much. You might knew, but no, maybe like pro-life, pro-choice stuff, mm -hmm. but in terms of somebody, how they feel about it, yeah. now it is not even on the first date, not even at the appetizer, it's before I leave going out with you, I need your referendum on where you feel about Trump before I will date you. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. <laughs> like, we were just speaking, on, in our industry... I never talked to anybody no. about politics. I oh, mean, we're for too the busy getting hammered till three. Busy doing so many <laughs> other things. Fun stuff. Fun Remember stuff. that? But uh. now it's even in my own industry. I'll be at work sometimes. The light tech has an opinion. This per I'm not saying anything. I'm just mm -hmm. talking about. But everyone now is incensed, and everyone's emboldened to tell you what they think, no matter how crazy, how crackpot, how. Yeah. Unresearched, how you know they can't wait to tell you how bad Orange Man is, and it turns into a fight. I was over in uh, in Israel last year. I was in uh, Tel Aviv, and um, people there really do enjoy talking politics, mm -hmm. but it's fun for them, and it's it's engaged conversation, and you can have differences. And they were talking about some really serious shit, but it was like over drinks, and it was fun. If we disagree with each other here, and that's why I bring back to the sort of the, the uh, women supporting women and ever, we don't support each other as people anymore. No. It's like if I don't, if you don't align with me across like these six things, like I can't even. be We're supposed to agree on everything. We're supposed to agree with everything. Yeah. With anything, yeah. It's like I'm a everything. good person, you're a bad person. Like, <laughs> right. That's that's the end of it. <laughs> I don't agree with my family on everything. So how am I well, supposed to agree with the same thing? Yeah. Like no. like uh, I brought up the dating thing. Now there's pressure in the black community. You better date black women. Yeah. You better date black men. You better not like that. You're, they're really coming into the bedroom or your personal preferences that what you want. Do you feel pressure to date a certain way ever? Who, me? Uh, yeah, have you ever not heard of no. To date no. black or white no. or anything? I don't care. You've never, but have you I'm ever gonna, heard it? Yeah, of course. What I is, mean, it's, 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 a, it's always been a part of the black community. Time immemorial. You should do this. And the more political things got... The more you should do this, you shouldn't do this. Who you hang out with, who you yeah. like. I have friends of mine who look at my social media, and because I lived in LA, I have a lot of friends that are white. Mm -hmm. It just comes with the territory. But my friends in Atlanta can see that and be like, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. what is all, you know, can you still relate to what? I mean, you, <sighs> did you go Hollywood? It's like, dude, it's not like that. It's people are people. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. people are people. It's like, this ethno-nationalism thing is getting on my nerves. Like, everything's racially divided now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. is. It's it crazy. Is. And it's, I mean, to me, that's why I'm kind of separating myself from the Democrat Party, because I feel like they're the ones that are really being racist. I, I hate to say it. I, but it's I, like, I agree with you. I'm, well, I'm you know? in your shoes like it's, there's, I, a couple of years ago. There's hypocrisy on both sides, of course. And we, we used to be that 
both sides could sort of dismiss the fringes on each side. But the fringes are getting smaller and the middle is getting muddled and it's almost like there's a really clear line here that you have to be on one side or the other. You can't have one foot on one side and one foot on the other. People really want you, you're either with us or against us, which other side you're on. And I don't know how we get off of that. I don't know how we change that. Because I I don't think, um, sorry, I don't think uh, if Trump wins, that's not helping. And if we elect a... uh, 80-year-old guy whose running mm-hmm. mate accused him of being a racist mm-hmm. uh, about three months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's the answer either. Crazy. It's gonna, I was, yeah. was going to say that, you know, you were talking about one side says you have to think this way and the other yeah. side says, well, you have to think. I find, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but I find that Republicans, believe it or not, and conservatives are far more embracing in terms of having a dialogue mm-hmm. even if they yes. disagree yes. with your standpoint they they'll will still sit yep. and talk to you yep. like again you could wear a uh black lives matter t-shirt and be amongst conservatives no one's kicking your ass yeah mm-hmm. but if you were to walk into a you know black lives matter with a make america great again hat or maga hat on mm-hmm. You might not get out with your life. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's horrible. So it, it's just a difference in ideology, and I think things have changed a lot. Yeah. Because the Republican Party is pulling in a lot of more influences yeah. from, you know, the LBGT community, the black community. There's a lot of voices that weren't prevalent, I think, in my parents' era or grandparents' era. You know what and, I mean? And a lot of times, because everybody is shouting so loud, it is. What are we exactly fighting for? So, like, what's going on in Portland and what's going on in Seattle and what's, uh, as, we, as we record this, going on in Wisconsin, those are not black people. Those are mm-hmm. a lot of white people who yep. sort of hijacked the, mo- the Thank movement you. for, Thank you. for yes. what? It's sort of like when Occupy Wall Street happened back yes. in the day. Same thing. What, Same are you, yeah. per, what do you want? No, you don't want to work and you just no. want free anarchy. shit. And like, anarchy. They yes. want anarchy. Yes. And what are you going to do with this anarchy? <laughs> so it's like they're, they're too uncreative to come up with their own movement, so right. they're jacking somebody else's. And it really is sad because I do think that the message is important. I agree. And it's getting lost yeah. in... And everything and else you want, people want to complain about and they're, they're mad about. You and know, you can just, never make them happy, right? Yeah. No matter what you give, no matter how many times you apologize. Yeah. I remember what was the Portland mayor. He apologized. They told him, that, you know, they want to recall mm-hmm. him. Uh, this is Seattle mayor apologized. Mm-hmm. Every time you kind of give in too much, it's never enough. And they sense that's weakness. So I, I, I get that. It's sort of like. What are we fighting about? Right. What, fight fight what are we fighting for? for? <laughs> Who are we fighting against? With? I know. What are we fighting against? And, they, you know, if you ran around with a camera and you asked these people, ask 10 people, you're going to get 10 different, different answers. answers to it. Yeah, there was this girl on this video I watched the other day of one of the incidents in Portland who was going on a rant about the people eating at the fondue restaurant. Because how dare these people eat at a fondue restaurant when there's homeless people on the streets? And we need to bring the homeless people up and the people eating the fondue restaurant down. And Socialism. No one, no one should be eating at the fondue restaurant unless Socialism. everyone can. It's like... <laughs> I love fondue. You can't eat at fondue uh, in L.A. because none of the girls want meat in there. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, I mean, I, I, have, I feel for Everybody's homeless vegan. people. I, I support Everybody's that. Vegan. But Everybody's vegan. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's like, well, maybe the people eating the fondue restaurant worked 60 hours last week and they wanted to have a drink. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's sort of like, uh, you know, back when the, the women's march happened. And I said at the time, I'm like, I'm not sure this is going to get anywhere because I don't think everybody here is on the same page. I what are you marching for? <laughs> we hate Trump, yep. women's rights, this, this, mm-hmm. this. The, two of the sort of loudest um, 
I'll just say loudest voices of recently, Rose McGowan and, and Alyssa Milano, had a huge cat fight because they're not on the same page anymore about Me Too or ever. Somebody's going to uh, clear up a cat fight in about two seconds here, hopefully. Uh, MMA legend, UFC Hall of Famer. And now I think he's an aspiring politician or an actual politician, Tito Ortiz, joining us on the Political Junkie Satellite Network. Tito. How are you? How's everyone doing? How are you? Good to see you, brother. I just want to correct you a little bit. I am not a politician, but let me tell you, I'm an American who's here to speak for we the people. And uh, I'm doing this here in my uh, city of Huntington Beach. And uh, I had a big eye-opener this year. And uh, June 6th, there was uh, protesters downtown HB, and uh, they said they were going to destroy our town. And it wasn't going to happen. Not on my watch. No way. I lived here my whole life, and I had to make sure that I defended my town. I called about 40 of my friends, uh, four of my special force friends. (laughs) And I, <laughs> he went hard. He went hard. So we stood Clean. there. We made sure it didn't happen. And now uh, I stood there for about ten hours on my feet wow. with no restroom break, no meal, and I stood there from ten a.m. until seven p.m. to make sure that uh, law and order was uh, demonstrated downtown Huntington Beach. The police officers of Huntington Beach PD, uh, the sheriff of Orange County uh, Sheriff Department, did a wonderful job to make sure that uh, peace was kept in our city in downtown Huntington. Huntington Beach is, uh, you know, Surf City, is a complicated place and has been for a long time. You have, you know, surf community. There's uh, some very affluent people. There's a lot of working class people. There's an immigrant population. A couple of times some things have flared up, but what was it about this that really made uh, Huntington Beach something that you had to be like, we have to protect this city? What what sort of went down? well, the week prior to that, uh, they had protesters down there. And, of course, you got to have your you know, first amendment. And I believe in that. Come down and protest and do peaceful protesting, which is fine. I don't want no part of it because um, that's not my belief. You know, I believe in being American, a patriot of this country. But then the second week on the Monday before that weekend, uh, I got direct messages on my Instagram at Tito Ortiz1999 that, uh, guys, we didn't do our job. We had to come down here and we're going to burn this motherfucker down. Excuse my language, but that's wow. what the message got. And I took that very seriously wow. to my heart. Born and raised here in Huntington Beach for 45 years, and it wasn't happening on my watch, like I said. So I had to make some calls, and uh, we made sure our town wasn't burnt down. And uh, we stood our ground. And all my friends, uh, we wore a T-shirt that said HB Strong on it. And mm-hmm. uh, we stood in front of the buildings, and we made sure that none of it happened. And it was semi-peaceful uh, protest. I think uh, there was one scuffle that uh, ended up happening, and good thing I got uh, kind of some intel from one of my friends who's a Los Angeles sheriff, and he told me that these guys are going to try to start a scuffle in the middle, and as soon as you rush them, they're going to flank you from the side and uh, get you in the middle where the officers don't know who's who, and they're going to start arresting everyone. And um, that's how that they same do situation. it. Did you so that feel situation like that did happen? And I'm glad these... I did my recon. Re- a lot recon of these. Of it and... Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of these protests were. They were uh, sort of meant to feel spontaneous, but they were obviously very well organized because a lot of you know law enforcement people knew what was coming. Wh- who did you feel was was pushing this? What was the group that was like, we want to burn down a Huntington Beach of all places? Well, I believe it was uh, the BLM uh, people, and I think it's been hijacked. You know, I, I have nothing against just uh, talking about just saying that. I mean, they they have been hijacked. You know, I mean. I have a bunch of African-American friends. I mean, I'm Mexican-American myself. I have 1% uh, Cameroon, so I actually have black in myself also. 
Um, I'm a mutt and I get it. But at the end of the day, I'm an American. And I had to defend my city with my friends and my patriots uh, here in Huntington Beach. And uh, all of a sudden, there's a picture on uh, Facebook saying, oh, look at all these white supremacists. Hmm. That's what they call anybody. I had an African guy to the left of me. I yeah. had uh, an Indian guy to the right of me. And mm -hmm. I had a different um, Caucasian guys with me, of course. But far from skinheads, you know, back in 1993 when I graduated high school, there were a few skinheads here. But mm -hmm. all the locals ran them out of this city because we're not about that. We're about being patriots. We're about caring mm -hmm. about our city. And, of course, Fourth of July has always been a huge thing for us uh, for our parade down here. And it's about the community, about the family, about religion, freedom of religion. We're hard workers. We're dedicated to our city. We're dedicated to our, our town and state. And it just seems like things have just um, have been spiraling down worse and worse. 2020, I wish it just uh, would go. Yeah. I mean, you bring up um... November 3rd. It's going to go away. Yeah, I just can't wait to that. Right. You bring up uh, being a Mexican American. You brought up what it means to be an American. The thing that dominated the 2016 election that has sort of taken a back seat, and it's still a problem because I don't think we sorted it out, is immigration. And so that's a complicated subject, especially for California. Where do you think we are in terms of that being an issue, sort of moving forward? And is there a solution in your mind? Um, how we handle that? Oh, 100% there's a solution. Making sure that every person that does come across the border, it comes across the border legally. And that is very important because the people who are trying to come over from um, Mexico or South America, they're trying to get away from the corrupt um, politicians. They're trying to get away from the corrupt, uh, you know, the country that they were in. That's what Donald Trump is fighting for. I mean, I, I worked for Donald Trump back in 2008 on a Celebrity Apprentice, back when all the rappers used to talk about him saying, oh, we're Donald Trump rich and this is our American dream. And then all of a sudden when uh, Obama said that the American dream is no longer alive here in America, that was sad. And I think that's one of the reasons that Donald Trump did win because he brought back the American dream. Now all of a sudden, let's fast forward this to three and a half years later. Now we're almost going to four years later. Um, the left has hijacked America and it's time for Donald Trump and the rest of the patriots of America to stand their ground and to we it's about we the people to make this about the people small government and people start to say oh yeah but what's happening across the rest of the world of you know the COVID thing people don't understand this is new world order is trying to take over our world and Donald Trump is finally for once standing up and standing his ground and standing for each and every one of us that are patriots of this country of America and the rest of the world is following suit. And it's very, very important because a person who's a billionaire willing to sacrifice everything, his name, his recollection, everything that he has worked for to become president. I mean, he, I think he's lost over a billion dollars over the last three years as being president. He wanted to come in and fix something that uh, no one else is willing to fix. And this is a true patriot uh, that I support. And, you know, I get a lot of slack. Uh, not as much as I used to from uh, my Mexican friends. I think they're starting to learn, you know, with hard work dedication. We all love to win. Um, we believe in freedom of religion. These are the type of things, the qualities that all Americans have. And I think they need to understand and get educated on what the future holds on November 3rd. Uh, immigration, thoughts, opinion? I agree with Tito. Uh, let everybody in. Let, the, no, let nobody in. I agree in. with Tito. Tito says... A process? Because the process is backlogged and the process is, a, yeah. the process is broken. Broken. So yeah, Trump was like, the well, simple let, let, let's, process let's is... Let's break this down. Down. 
uh, okay. let's break this down simply for all the viewers. Okay, so let's say I own my home and I wanted somebody to come stay in my house. I'm gonna do a back check, background check on him. I'm gonna see who he hangs out with, if Venom. he has a job, right? If he's willing to clean up after himself, if he's willing to chip in on some of the uh, utilities, if he's willing to chip on on food. Let's say we cook a meal, if he's gonna help me clean. Well, then let's switch it back the other way. If that same person was in my house, he didn't pay for the bills, he didn't pay for anything, he was just living there free, led the house a mess. Would I want that person in my house? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I want know. someone People to be a part of this community, a part of this uh, country that we live in, in a positive manner. And that's uh, the number one thing, man. You want to live the American dream, you got to work for it. There's not People one thing in your life you have something given to you. Not People one thing. People do underestimate. How hard it is to move to other countries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's Possibly. really yeah. hard to move to other countries. Australia has an interesting um, sort of immigration policy. They're like, what can you bring here that we don't have enough of? Well, that's Canada sort of, has sort the same of it's, thing. Sort of it's like, uh, are you a good juggler? Right. We don't have enough. It's it's a weird set cool. of skills that like get, get you into Australia. It's, what's that called? It's like you you need to have you need to bring. I forgot what the word is. I, I forgot what it is bring either. But it's like something to the table. It should be the table exactly. It should be in a difficult. positive manner. It should be challenging. But I think you know we have been dealing with this problem. This is not a Trump problem. This was this was not a Obama problem. This goes back a long long yeah. time. That. I'm not sure the demand to come here is going to be quite as great as it was. One benefit, but uh, people do want to come here, and we yeah. do get a lot of smart minds from all over the place. And to let the right people come who are here for the right reasons, the system still doesn't get allowed to be developed because there's still the shouting and there's still the We like trade those people. Like the, the noise. People don't like America out yeah, and let the people like I America I out. Yeah. All the people who say, I don't want to live in America, here. it should be a nightclub. Yeah. It should be one yeah, in, yeah, one yeah. out. Yeah. I think we, I think we, can, we can do that. Um, Tito, let me ask your, your question, uh, question about the uh, recent, as we record this, there was yet another shooting going on. Um, it happened in Wisconsin. I grew up in a very white, um, very low crime, very low police presence neighborhood, yet I knew if a policeman said to me, stop, and I did not, the next line might be, or he will shoot right. you. So I feel like this is a conversation we can't say out loud because if, if a police officer you know, uses his firearm, the first reaction is it was because it was racist. And the second reaction is because something's innocent. And they and I know police need a lot of uh, retraining and I know we got to rethink that or whatever. But is there some responsibility to sort of stand down when law enforcement is around to de-escalate a situation on both sides? Tito, yeah. do you have an opinion on that? <laughs> Did we lose him? Myself, I, yeah. I get pulled over. I mean, once, twice a year, maybe three times a year at the most. We're rolling through stop stoplights, and the first Stop thing I do doing is when that. I pull over. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help. It. I live in other We I'm surf. We slide on <laughs> in through the. We rolling stops. That's the Huntington Beach so, stop. So the situation, and I hope all listeners kind of listen to this because it's pretty common sense. You roll down all your windows in your car. You put your oh. hands on the wheel. And you reply to the officer, yes, sir, no, sir. I'm going to reach to grab my uh, insurance and registration for my car. Here's my ID. I'm reaching for my ID. You got to be compliant with the officer because the officer is probably as afraid as you are. He's not sure what you're reaching for. He's not sure what you're going to do. He don't know who you are until you give him your ID. And myself as being Tito Ortiz, former world champion, business owner, 
I still put myself in that situation as being compliant as possible to make sure this officer can do his job the right way where he feels com comfortable, where all my windows in my car and my uh, Rolls Royce Phantom are rolled down and I'm given my ID, I'm given my, uh, my registration and my insurance and I'm saying, yes, sir, no, sir. And the first thing was like, well, did you know you ran through that stop sign? And I go, I thought I stopped, but I apologize. I'm Tito sir. Ortiz. This is my town. <laughs> no, no, no. I try to stay grounded. I try to stay humble. And I think that's what keeps me real. And I think that's why I've had fans over the last 23 years of competition because I'm a humble man. And I want to make sure that you got to abide the law. Law and yeah. order needs to be restored in this country no matter what. The yeah. blue line matters because they're taking care of our community. They're taking care of our cities, our states, and our country. And yes, there is some bad officers out there. Don't get me wrong. There is some bad officers out there. But there's a lot more good ones than there are bad ones. Getting pulled over as a woman. and Have you gotten pulled over? Yes. Is oh, it yeah. still, as, as a man, I'm like, well, nobody's giving her a ticket. She's a hot chick. There's uh, no tickets No, I've gotten, I've been to jail three times. <laughs> really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, it's not been fun. Hands up? So, did you, did you yeah, were I mean, you I've resisting? Always, uh, no, you I've never resisted arrest. And that's why I try to put myself in that situation. Like, I'm like, you know, this, since we've been bringing up um, what happened in Wisconsin, I try to think, okay, if that was me and I was pulled over and I wrestled the police officer, and I got tased, and I still stood up, and then I walked over to the car, and I said I had a weapon, and I tried to grab something, and then I got shot. You take your chances, And that went viral. Yeah. It would be completely different. It wouldn't say, oh, this poor girl. It mm -hmm. would be that dumb white bitch didn't comply. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? oh, I agree with that. What <laughs> exactly. are your, I mean, you same know, thing. What, so are you like, uh, you know, uh, there is a problem, and we do have to do a lot of retraining on police officers. We have to do that. Yes. Until that happens... Right. Do what they say. You do have how to hard hands. That? Like, like, how, I don't understand like, how hard that is. It's your entitlement to not. Like, I, I feel it. too important to listen to what you have to say. I feel above you. I feel above the law. I lived in Los Angeles for about seven years. Mm -hmm. I had my car from Georgia in Los Angeles with Georgia tags still on the car for a while. Mm -hmm. I got pulled over in L.A. with Georgia tags plenty of times. One time they took all my equipment out of the car, all my music, everything. Yes, sir. No, mm -hmm. sir. Put everything back. You can go on your way. I didn't go, oh, my God, F the police. Fuck y'all. You fucking, what, what the? F I'm out of town with Georgia tags on my car. It's, some of these things are common sense. And look, I said, I don't know where along the line common sense went out the yeah. door and everything mm -hmm. became hyper-racial. I know. Hyper, if it's you, like, and just no personal one person gets killed, anything. it's an epidemic. They're it, just killing all it, of us. If yeah. you shoot a taser at a cop and you get shot by another cop, I think you took your chances. If, if you wrestle if a if cop. You, if you yeah. are, uh, are high as a kite yeah. and wrestling a cop and whatever, you shouldn't get a knee in your neck for nine minutes, but you might get shot. Like, it, it is, there are guns, and there is law enforcement, and there is a problem. So, yeah. Tito, you're right. We have to do a better job of retraining. We have to do a lot, a, a better job of everything. But until that happens, you know, try to avoid getting the confrontation, you know? Confrontation People probably needs try to stop. I mean, People just stop. need to obey the officers. I mean, they, they're just trying to do their job. They want to go back to their families. They want to go back home and just get paid and do their job as all of us hardworking Americans want to do. Do your job, work your nine to five job, get back yeah. home with your family, be happy yeah. and go through the next day. Now, when you do the confrontation in between that, now that raises the stakes on both sides. 
these officers are just trying to do their job. And I know a lot of police officers. I mean, when I was younger, I got roughed up as a kid, but I was a kid doing stupid stuff. I should have been doing those things. But once again, I learned from that. I learned from that and I was able to not do that mistake again, but I was able to understand what the officers are there to do. They're there to serve and protect our city. And that's what's important. And people need to understand that and stop playing a victim. If you want to be a victim, mm -hmm. be a victim for the rest of your life. But stop being a victim. You, you make a mistake. Okay, officer, I made the mistake. I'm sorry. Like I said, when I get put over, I go, officer, there's any possible way yep. to get, get away with the warning. And about, you know, nine or ten of the times, the officer lets me go because I'm compliant. Yeah. I'm being good to the officer. I'm not trying Same to here. make his job worse. I'm not reaching for things in my car and being quick and, like, trying to not – I mean, that's just wrong. You shouldn't do that. And like I say, I, I think a lot more people need to be compliant and stop playing the victim role. You yeah. continue to play the victim role and you can be treated like a victim. And it shouldn't be like that. People, you, it, it just, it's sad. How do you handle personally de-escalating situations? Because there, you must have found yourself in situations where either somebody was drunk or somebody wanted to take a shot at the champ or somebody like, how do you... I mean, because obviously you could just end it in two seconds, but you don't want to get involved in that. How do you de-escalate that? Well, I mean, there's two different situations. There's situations that are at a bar when a guy's drunk and he comes up to you and uh, with myself and tries to start a fight. And I'll stop. And I go, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. What do you do for a living? He's like, well, I'm a construction <laughs> worker. And he goes, okay. I go, well, so you wake up about what? Maybe five in the morning, six in the morning. You go and brush your teeth, put your underwear on, socks on, work pants on. Work boots, work belt, T-shirt, and uh, you got to be by on site about what, what six o'clock, seven o'clock. You work from seven o'clock until nine o'clock at night, or eight o'clock at night, and then uh, that's your day. Here's my job: I get up about eleven o'clock in the afternoon, or eleven o'clock to twelve o'clock in the afternoon. I put on my running shoes, put on my shorts, brush my teeth. I go do a four-mile run, come back, I eat a little meal, go back to the gym. We put on shin pads, gloves, mouthpiece, <laughs> cup. And we kick and punch each other for about an hour and a half. Then I come back awesome. and have another meal. Then we come back and do jiu-jitsu and wrestling um, where we try to choke each other, break each other's arms and legs. Uh, then I come back, have another meal. Then I go back to the gym and I lift weights uh, for about an hour and a half. And I'm done about midnight. You want to show me how to build a house? By the yeah. time that conversation is over, he comes to realize, like, wow, this guy took that much time to talk to me about this. He's like, what are you drinking? Let me buy you a drink. And that's how you de-escalate the whole situation. When you get one person who's negative towards another negativity and you put it together, it just escalates completely worse and worse. But you're able to de-escalate it and drop it down where it's a conversation between one and another, one human to another. Don't matter what color, race, or skin color, anything like that. You, it shouldn't be about that. It was never about yeah. that. And the reason I say that because I have twin boys who are 11 years old, and it wasn't until about three years ago where they realized that the kids at their school, they weren't just brown. He was like the coolest ever, some brown kid. I was like, and kid rolled up, and I was like, yeah, that was a little, little black kid right now, killer. But they didn't know the color difference. They didn't know that it's a black kid or a brown kid. It was just the color yeah. of his skin. That was it. And that's what parents, not all parents, some parents, they try to find a racist separation to separate our children, but they shouldn't really do that. Yeah, I think we need to come together as yeah. Americans and be do the right thing as parents, mm -hmm. be responsible parents, because these children aren't being asked to brought into this world. We want them in this world. You gotta be responsible, you gotta take care of them. You understand, I grew up without a father. I'd never had a father figure ever. So I wanna be everything to my kids that my father never was. 
And I got to make the decision of being a responsible parent. And it starts off by being a responsible patriot of being a parent. I imagine your twins wrestling all day long, or is that not true? No, they <laughs> do. They wrestle, they wrestle and jiu-jitsu and kickboxing. Um, they all can day defend long. themselves. Uh, my oldest son, Jacob's in wrestling, high school wrestling, and he's a stud also. But they're respectful. You know, they, they as soon as they walk in the room amongst other peers, they'll walk, walk up to an older uh, a parent or just an adult and shake their hand and say, I'm Journey, I'm Jesse, nice to meet you. And I teach my kids respect. I teach them values. I teach them, you know, That's what to we be missing. honest, to not be lies. Mm -hmm. The things how parents should really raise their kids the right way. Don't be a victim. I wasn't a victim. I could have been a victim. Thank you. I mean, 100%. Yes. Yeah. Nailed it. Nailed it. What do you, uh, Klingel, what do you tell your kids about Bravo, police or what's going on in the world? What do you tell them? Uh, I mean, my kids are still pretty young. But, how old you are know, they? Uh, eight and four. That, yeah. Do they yeah. sense what goes on in the world? I mean, it's do they know we're like locked a, down? It's like Tito said, you know, I don't talk to them about race and stuff, you know, it's because I felt like until these past couple of years, it's just, you know, working in the nightlife, like it, you were just a melting pot of all different Everybody people. Got you had black yes. friends, you had Hispanic yep. friends, you had all these different yep. friends and you never thought of, oh, that's my one black friend or that's right. my Hispanic friend coming yep. up now at the table. Yeah. You, we were us all homies, you know, and yep. now it's like yep. everything is divided. Like it's almost like now you have to notice that you're sitting in a room with a black person. Like yeah. <laughs> or just you never thought about well, it. Well, when you look, when you look at, you know, 14, 15, 16 year olds, and props to the Kardashians for this because they make yeah. so, they're all dating outside yeah. of the race and they're all doing that. And so they're looking at us older folks like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? I can't We're even setting imagine. such it's a terrible, terrible example. Terrible, terrible. Yeah, and, and then all I mean, the news it is starts at home. At the, end, at the end of the day, it starts at home. It does start at home. Yep. If you're going to bring a child into this world, you need to do it responsibly, respectfully with honor and uh, you know, you gotta have integrity and it's very, very important. And let's throw the color outside the window. Let's forget about that. Let's, let's see who's respectful. And I say that what I say who's a racist person is an ignorant person. That's a racist mm -hmm. person. Someone yeah. who's ignorant and doesn't wanna see the truth and are looking for excuses to be the victim. And I yep. refuse to be that person. I refuse my kids to be that person. I will not have friends like that. And that's just the way it is. That's that's. That's how, it's, how it's, I've it's learned. It's people who divide. I, I it's I've all these dividers. Like yeah, I'm, I'm big on the victim. Thing. All right, we're yeah. going gonna to run through what we call some quick fixes on this podcast. Just things I want your quick opinion on. So as we're recording this, there's a giant storm barreling into uh, Texas right now. So I'll start with you, Tito. From 1 to 10, 10 being we're going to be underwater in 10 years from climate change, and 1 being it's just weather. Where do you stand on that? About four and a half. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I live on the water myself. I mean, I live, I live on the water. I work my butt off to get where I am today. I came from nothing. I've been able to achieve the American dream. But I see the storms. I see the differences uh, of other ice caps uh, are melting. And um, I don't know. We, we got to do things the right way. And not just here in America, but in China and all the other countries that do produce uh, mass toxins. They really do. We got to clean it up. Thoughts? One to ten. One being things, but one being it's just change? weather and 10 being oh my god we're going to all drown in 10 years I, i'm a pretty big climate change i, I believe in it so or, so yeah. strong i would Take say it. seven and a half good yeah all right london i'm one okay explain i mean i believe if climate change was as bad as we claim it to be mm -hmm. there's no way china could get away with what they get away with india could get away with what they get away 
China pollutes the world far yeah. more than America does. Yes. And they don't have, Thank no you. one, you don't have the UN going after them. You don't have Greta, whatever that little girl's name uh -huh. is, pointing her finger at China. It's always She's an actor. I think that's kind of conspicuous. Yeah, it's always I'm, us. I'm about a three, meaning I think what Tito said, pollution is a real problem. I agree problem. with you. Environment. Air quality is a real problem. I agree Even with that. Though, but unless you can tell me what the weather was on uh, Tuesday, April 4th in 1562 with any degree of accuracy, I I'm not sure where can, where this is anything, but there I'm were a lot you. of storms I'm 200 years ago. I don't know. But that being said, uh, let's clean up the air a little bit. Um, yeah. Tito, the thing that you regret, if there's one thing uh, sort of that you could tell a group of kids, here's what I regret in life that I feel bad about, if there's one thing. God, everything I've done, I've really taken uh, responsibilities of my actions. Um, regret, gosh. I don't know. I guess uh, wearing a T-shirt um, against Dana White saying Dana White's my bitch. I think I should never do that. <laughs> but, but that was just promotion. So I don't know. I, I, I really uh, I, I live my life the right way. Um, I made a lot of mistakes. I don't make a mistake twice. But, uh, you know, you got to learn through life by making mistakes. And if you don't learn from them, it becomes a decision. And, and you can't let that happen. And the second part of this question is the thing we all need to do better is what? Respect our peers, number one. We need to respect each other. And of course, you got to give respect to get respect. And I think respect is number one. And our society in general is respect each other. Respect hard work, respect dedication, respect the integrity that each one of us uh, patriots here in America that we do and across the world. You got to respect each other. And I look at that and it's funny because I talked to my girlfriend Amber about this and people from India, they really have great respect for each other. They have no racism, it seems like. It seems like my friends who are Indian, they, and not Indian here from, you know, or from the United States, but India from India, that there's really no racism. They care about each other. They care about in each individual of respect, and I think that's what really matters. Yeah. We all need to travel a little bit and see the world and see how they treat mm -hmm. you. Uh, I'm going to let you go because I know you got to run. I'm going to ask the same question to these two. Tito Ortiz, where can everybody follow you on the socials? Of course, on Tito Ortiz, and they're actually shadow banning the hell out of me, so you have to punch this in, and it's Tito Ortiz1999, so you got to put T-I-T-O-O-R-T-I-Z-1999, and of course, uh, my website, I'm running for city council here in Huntington Beach, it's Tito4HBCC.com, uh, once again, that's Tito4HBCC.com, if you can donate, help my cause, I'm just trying to... Uh, Get back to the city in a positive manner. I'm here to make uh, Huntington safe again. Stay safe, be well, and most importantly, stop at the stop signs. Okay? <laughs> I do, but I do now. Especially I'm running for city council, you got to stop at the stop signs now. Yeah, you I'm do. Under a microscope. Uh, Tito, your Instagram <laughs> is fire. I follow you on Instagram. You are fire. Thank you, sir. And you know that they're shadow banning me. And you know what? I just I, I try to spread the truth. I do a you lot do of a my good research, job. and I just do try to job. do the right thing, man. Thank you, sir. All right. Thanks, buddy. Fraser. Uh, all right. Same question. You regret what? You uh, have one regret. You know, I, I every time I start to feel like I might have a regret in life, I, I try to help get it done just to get it out of the way. Like, I really wanted to always live in New York City. Mm -hmm. So last year, I moved there for five months just to do it, so I didn't regret it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, that's, so you moved to New York last month? Uh, last year. Yes, last year. Uh, yeah, Sorry, I, I came back, but, okay. you know, I'd be like, okay, well, I, I, I did it. I don't have to, like, 
pine away and beat myself up about it anymore. So yeah. um, as far as the regrets, I, I'm kind of on the same page as Zito where I, you know, I take personal responsibility for my mistakes and um, without them, I wouldn't learn and be a better person. So I'm thankful for them actually. Um, so I really don't have any regrets except for uh, not doing a political podcast earlier. This was so much fun. There we go. Okay. <laughs> and the second half of that that I asked Tito, the thing we all need to do better is what? Um, I think listen to one another, you know, listen to listen, not just listen to respond. I think that's the problem with a lot of people these days and a lot of debates is, you know, you could say something and you could even be talking from your heart and they don't even listen to you. They just will respond with something that ah, honestly doesn't have anything to do with what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so most people want to have monologues. Just, they don't really yeah, want to have uh, yeah. dialogues. So, yeah. You regret what, London? That we didn't start this podcast sooner. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> like, John's been trying for the last year to get me to start this. I, would, I mean, if we had got this going a lot sooner, we would uh -huh. be that much further ahead. I love it. So mm -hmm. that's yeah. one of the things I regret. And yeah. the thing we all need to do better is what? I think as a society, we need to really take parenting more seriously. I think a, pro a lot of yeah. problems we see with the youth... A lot of problems we see in our society today comes from lazy parenting, no parenting, or a little bit of both. I agree. I'm see. I'm uh, I'm starting another podcast called the Non Parents Guide to Parenting, <laughs> which really gets parents mad because they're like, "You have no fucking idea." Well, you know, I don't need to be a uh, Top Chef winner to go out to a restaurant, see my omelet on fire in the kitchen, and know there's some shitty cooking going on. Right. Yeah. So I think that I can take the emotion out of it and uh, say, here's what you should do. You're a mom, and that's obviously the hardest job in the world. What do you think moms need to do better collectively? Help uh, each other support? Be honest about I how think, challenging it is? Everybody always says, I, you're going to be yeah. a wonderful mom. You're going to love it. And then a lot of moms are like, I am struggling with this. Yeah. I don't, this is not well, what they told me. It's not the, in the brochure. That's the thing. I think moms <laughs> make the job of being a mom more difficult than it really is. And how do they do that? Just by, they have this idea of how they need to mom, you know, and what they need to feed their kids and what bedtimes and routines and this. And if they don't do all this, they're going to be the worst mom in the world. So in trying to be this perfect mom and perfect everything, they actually probably end up damaging their kids more than than not, you know, just by trying to like basically force their ideals on their child, where I am very much, you know, and I'm not trying to sound like condescending to parents who don't do this, uh, you know, I'm not that type of mom, but mm -hmm. I'm more like kind of let your child lead and let your child be your teacher and, you know, teach you how, how to parent and, you know, they'll teach you what to do. Like, you don't have to read a book to be a good mom. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. Teacher, I mean, uh, teachers, children can remind us of things that we have forgotten. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of information that I mean you can even go to like a 13 year old knows all the state capitals like yeah. you know they they right. learn they're things. so smart they they yeah. are smart yeah. and they're right in it and they do learn it and there's so much that we forget not just as parents but as adults as adults that we could use but sort of sharing playing nice all the fundamental tenets of being a good person kids don't have that shame yet and they haven't gotten to middle school yet where they'll hate each other and boys and girls haven't gotten so there's a lot of lessons that you can pick up on from your children like you just said it can, it can go both ways mm -hmm. what can i teach my children and what can my children teach yeah. me right. that's a good yeah. thing and i think they learn from you so you know they want to 
if you're really kind to everybody and mm-hmm. if you're, you're accepting and you're not yelling at people or talking down about people and they're not picking up those cues, you know, they're, they're going to just inherently learn to be a good person. Well, that's where I got you know, mine just, from my mom, my father's, yeah, my yeah. whole idea about how to treat people, how to conduct and carry myself, yeah. how to respect myself, yep. not worrying about other people's approval all the time. Totally. I got that from my parents. How um, important it is, how, do you think it is th- to have, you know, the mother and the father together? Which Extremely is important. Extre- and that, again, in the black communities, I'm speaking specifically for the black, that's mm-hmm. one of the main issues in the black community. It's not police brutality. If you gave me 20 things that were the problems that mm-hmm. black people are dealing with, mm-hmm. police brutality, quote unquote brutality, day to day wouldn't for even most be, people, that wouldn't even be in right. the top 10. Yeah. And yeah, it, number, that. Number, to me, number I, I one that. is that lack of father figure, lack of having two parents mm-hmm. has had a detrimental effect over the, over the decades in the black community. And we're seeing the repercussions of yeah. that right now. Here, here's my okay. So I'll just I have uh, two children. Mm-hmm. I have two baby daddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not with either of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, I will, a sole custody of both. No, but I have a oh. great relationship with, with both, both, which is yes, good. And I think that's the thing. Like you don't necessarily have to be with the person mm-hmm. to be able to offer a stable upbringing for your children. You just have to respect the parents. Um, get you know get along with them. Um, not ever fight in front of the kids. Right, uh, you that's know, a just, big, big thing. Yeah, don't make it about you. Make it about the kids. Like, don't make it. Don't let your ego get in the way of, of the way you're parenting and raising them. And that's the biggest thing is people let their egos get in the way, and then they turn that onto their kids and damage their kids. And, they and do. Return. Do the baby daddies get along? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> do yeah. does each baby daddy have to also um, take the other? child who's not there is occasionally on play they must right yeah well that i mean they're both like super cool guys and i gotta pay yeah. for his ice cream he's not mine <laughs> yeah they're they're both they're, <laughs> i mean yeah one lives in oklahoma so my daughter's father lives in oklahoma so she he just sees his daughter but the my little ones uh hangs out with my daughter all the time and he's um or the little one's father hangs out with her a lot and they get along great i mean everything can work everything does i mean yeah. my parents have been together for 51 years i don't think they like each other <laughs> so i'm not sure that was the best uh, example either i know a lot of married couples who want to get divorced just so they can have shared custody just so they can get the yeah. time off yeah they envy they're like oh my god i especially moms they're like i would love it if we got divorced and i could send him away every other weekend or both or i mean hey, it's yeah. not a bad it, deal it, to it, like have like your single life sometimes <laughs> and then it'd be the parent the it's other not side. a bad deal a lot of uh divorce parents now are doing the there's one house where the kids stay and then the parents move out in and out uh on um, different which is oh, easier wow. on yeah. the kids so the kids yeah. never move but then it's like that's who actually you, interesting did, idea. That's interesting yeah. idea. But did you bring somebody in the bedroom <laughs> and then it's a weird uh germy thing especially but i, especially I have to COVID. applaud the, the creativity with that it's 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 it, it is like it can make mean, sense for people people are you know exchanging kids, you know, with all their crap in the jack-in-the-box parking lot every other Sunday, like, that's hard on the kids. So to to yeah. make things as stable yeah. for the kids as possible, and then the parents sort of move in and out of the bedroom every other week, there is something to be said yeah. for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's um, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. but then, but then you have three places. You have yours, you have his, and then you have the home, but if be people making have that money. the means, make the money, and it's certainly something to uh, consider for the kids. Yeah. Uh, where can everybody find you now? You're going to have a bunch of fans from this. Oh. <laughs> Um, my Instagram uh, and my Facebook is just my name. It's uh, at Kalika Mokwin, K-A-L-I-K-A-M-O-Q-U-I-N. 
good. This was fun, right? This was good. Yeah, really fun. Yeah. This was, was good. a good one. Uh, as far as oh, us, yeah, like, share, it. subscribe. Please review Political Junkies. Your podcasts mean a whole lot uh, in the um, podcasting and YouTubing uh, ecosystem. Uh, and join us next time on it for another fix of Political Junkies. See you Peace. Next.